Hello and welcome to Light of the Crossroads. My name's Stephen Walsh. Coming up we'll be talking to Serena Mantle about her creative life and putting together the wonderful women patterns and plants with Liminal 11. But first, some recent Liminal 11 news. We've just opened up pre-orders for Botanical Curses and Poisons, the sequel to Folk Magic and Healing from Fez Inkwright, that we talked to Fez about on a previous episode of this very show. The book will be hitting the shelves in January of next year, but you can secure your copy right now at liminal11.com. Also available on the website is a digital edition of our latest catalogue, featuring all of our new releases, backlist titles and upcoming products. And now, let's talk to Serena. Hi Serena, thanks for joining us. Hi, hello Stephen, it's so great to be here, thanks for having me. Uh, I've been looking forward to having a chat with you. We've only, we only ever met once in real life, haven't we? We've sort of chatted on emails and whatnot, but there was that, um, what was it, DIY fair? In, yes! Uh, yeah. Um, I think it was Rich Mix. It might have been Rich Mix. Yeah, it was Rich Mix. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It, if it was, it probably was mid year because I remember it being a bit kind of autumny or something. And um, um, I was trading on my usual market store, DIY Art Market, and yeah, we we got chatting, didn't we? It was really good conversation. <laughs> That's what yeah. I love about market stores. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really nice as good. well because obviously we sort of chatted about Liminal Eleven and bookie stuff before that. But you know, yeah. I mean, the, the DIY Art Markets are a brilliant event uh, generally, aren't they? The sort of range of oh, they're great. Events. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's such a home for a lot of like you know illustrators zine artists comic makers in fact that's where I met uh, Mike from Liminal 11 so yeah it's, it's pretty much a home for us brilliant well, it does feel like the sort of perfect space <laughs> and place for you to to share your work because you know uh, just I was just thinking in terms of like uh, an introduction and describing what you do and it's so sort of varied, isn't it? You're sort of multidisciplinary, different kinds of media. How would you describe your sort of your, your, your discipline and your practice? I've come from a fashion design background. So I, I've always been quite 3D when I, quite tactile, you know, dealing with a lot of fabrics. And, um, but the, the interesting thing about fashion is you also learn quite technical skills which is like pattern cutting so um before you sort of get to the 3d stage you do a lot of 2d and that means i'm using my ruler my pencil and i'm doing like flats and you know literally drawing out the garments onto big scale and i think like a lot of my pen illustration skills actually probably come from designing um garments actually you know like just just trying to construct them you know from from a 2d point of view and then what's powerful about sort of going on that type of journey is that it lends itself quite easily into the digital sphere as well so the the multidiscipline aspect of what i do is really like using a range of skills that have really stemmed from fashion and have kind of moved more into like comfortably into drawing digitally and then also yeah like naturally I do a lot of hand drawing as well so I love using like my paint brushes and and block printing so it's, it's a real mixture of art forms that I've been working through for a couple of years and I love to combine them as well so so from surface design to to using photoshop to yeah still doing a bit of 
block printing on textiles as well. So yeah. So that's going to give you, I mean, uh, I have no background in textiles whatsoever, but I'd imagine like just thinking, as you say, particularly in terms of sort of patterns and, and shapes, you've got a very specific appreciation of that, haven't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. Like, I'm, I'm literally fascinated by the connection between patterns and just being human. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I mean, I guess what I mean by this is, like, we can look at our bodies and see sort of asymmetrical parts of ourselves, or we can look at our fingerprints and see some of the most intricate, unique patterns just on our body alone. And... I, I look at um, nature a lot as a, in, in a kind of, it, I think nature is deeply spiritual for me. I don't say I, I think, I know it is. And um, when I look at the shapes in flowers and then I look at a tree and I see the, the patterns on the tree and then I think about, you know, our bodies and the connection that we have, you know, like relatives, I find it deeply fascinating and I think patterns are everywhere you know even if we look at it on a kind of macro micro level you can zoom in zoom out and and it's all very cellular like vibrational and and energy and and that a lot of that is shapes and so you know I think my work really stems from that way of thinking it's very 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 spiritual esoteric in many ways and you say you came from a fashion background so I'm assuming your sort of training initially was in that field. Has it been a sort of lifelong passion for you, sort of art and creativity? Oh, yeah, it's 100% lifelong. I think I've even got a journal which says, where I was asking my own question, answering my own question, which is like, what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> and it was really to be creative. And I remember that word from really young because I kept on sort of like a little mantra, I want to be creative, I want to be creative. And it was really any type of form of creativity because I come from a background of music as well singing and sound and and I think art has always been a deep comfort and a deep sort of way of expressing myself of therapy and meditation and very natural to my to my characteristics as as a sort of um earthy sign I just love like all of these things where you can find ways to you know find a deep appreciation for my my talent or gifts that have been given to me and just sort of use them so I really do love like being creative as a way of life you know and um and I think it when I started Wild Sugar my um my my art brand I wanted to have a lifelong friend in some ways and I think that's what my business became it was sort of like my self-realization journey through my business which I don't see as just um, a sort of way to make income or live off but it's also my breath you know it's like what I think and feel and and I'm literally expressing it and um, yeah it's just a, it's just a really beautiful way to live life doing what you enjoy making an income from it and also you know expressing your your deepest feelings and stuff so it's really it's pretty powerful for me did you have uh, creative people in your family that were sort of inspiration to you growing up yeah I did I mean I, I do still I think my family's creativity is it's not necessarily directly through art but 
there there are things that I've taken from it which has inspired me so like example my mum she's super creative anyway I mean she was a seamstress too she was also a teacher in the Caribbean she comes from St Lucia and her influence on me has been huge just knowing that she you know spent 22 days on on a boat from St Lucia to London in the 60s and a lot of the a lot of the sort of income that she'd made to be able to do that was through sewing for people so she would like teach and sew and I think like from really young that stuck with me like the fact that she did that herself you know she sort of created with her hands and I remembered thinking how powerful that was to be able to sort of have that kind of I don't know control in some ways you know so my mum's been a huge influence on me like creatively from that point of view and then my siblings also you know they're really because they're such strong like role models my my older brothers and sisters I think like that mentality of just being able to sort of believe in myself and sort of see what I can aim for you know a lot of that comes from also my siblings and just I think having a business mindset and striving for something you know in my life definitely comes from like my family in that sense so yeah it's 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 really really empowering what sort of forms and outlets did you have for your creativity as a as a, a child and a younger person taking those first sort of steps into creating things I think like definitely education played a big role in my pathway because I had a really influential awesome teacher um, Mr Donaldson at school and um, he used to encourage me to sort of like follow the techniques of art and learn to find my own voice yeah he was really influential on how I perceived my own art and encouraged me to sort of do it after I finished school just to continue doing my art and then I'd gone on to like my H&D same thing had really good teachers and helped me sort of like figure out my strengths and stuff and and I kept on moving through the art institutions until I got to university and then decided then to set up World Sugar so it's it's been I think like being in the art field from GCSEs all the way up until you know adult finishing university has been such a a really strengthening pathway but I think like from really young my mum would say to you that I always had scissors and glue I always had a pen you know pencil and pen I think back in like the 80s they had a lot of like you know the blue peters and the all these different sort of like tv channels that were quite crafty and I remembered like getting books coloring books and different things and I'd always be sticking and making so it was really there weren't no like digital technology when I was growing up so it was really playing the garden and you make things and (laughs) and I remember like doing my doll's hair like I almost probably could have been a hairdresser like I was always really tactile things and playing and touching things and exploring and so I think like a lot of my childhood has come from you know, being in like little jumble cells and collecting knickknacks and finding things. And and that's partly who I am still today. A lot of that influence is definitely from that childhood of mine. <laughs> I think growing up at that time, as you say, sort of pre-digitally, is you sort of see what sort of art and creativity we get with kids that are growing up in, a, not purely digital, but in a time when 
obviously digital has, has sort of like come to dominate so much. I mean, my mum mm. was very much in the, the sort of in keeping with the idea of cereal boxes, toilet roll, or make a space <laughs> yes. station. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Just sort of, it, it's great, isn't it? It's really sort of fun and engaging and social as well, which sometimes digital, I think, struggles with. I mean, obviously, incredible scope with digital, but there's something really interesting about the tactile nature of, of art and the social nature of it, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you're 100%. I mean, I've literally been doing that with my daughter. Like, I love, I used to cut out paper dolls, you know, like when you'd get the little girl that is, is her arms are spread out and she's got these little tags on the side of her and you cut around it and then you can, like, almost, like, give your a paper doll its own clothing. Um, I used to love those sorts of things. And then now I'm doing that with my daughter. Like, we're buying sort of board games, snakes and ladders, all these different things to sort of play with as opposed to, yeah, like the digital side of stuff. And and it's just great. It's so much fun. It It sort of gives you... I always find, like, when you're doing tactile things, it gives you a different way of, like, com- communicating or, f- or, or feeling. It's just sort of really... I guess it's like colouring in, like when you're colouring in something, I get loads of ideas when I'm doing something quite tactile. It get, you know, it's just a really interesting way to have your mind sort of transform through being that, doing those things, I find for myself in particular, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like it's direct engagement, isn't it? You holding the, the thing that's making the colour and seeing it applied yeah. to the, the material in front of you yeah like i i can't believe like how powerful it is really sometimes because whenever i'm doing something that is very connected like i'm holding a paintbrush and i'm doing lines or creating it's like my mind's drifting to a different place and i'm able to access um so many different thoughts and you know i think that's probably with any forms of creative you know ways of doing things but your mind really transcends when you're able to do something oh like quite repetitive or quite um where you get lost in it basically and I find when I'm working well since being a child I I would literally get into a flow where I'm lost into this this imagination landscape and I'm flowing with this thing until it's done and I'm looking at it and I'm like wow I created that but it, you know it's kind of like a really deep trance or a meditation in in many ways and and I think that's what I love about you know working in that way that really tactile way. I was reading last night just randomly uh, about a, a comic an American comic from the sort of 40s and 50s in America called uh, Katie Keene which was about oh, a nice. young sort of career woman but the, the sort of USP of the whole strip was the creator would invite readers to send in outfits for Katie Keene to wear. Uh, mm. And then he would like take their designs and draw them into the strip, but give them full credit as well and sort of encourage them to sort of send their work in. I guess similar to, you know, as you say, there were shows in, in the 80s like uh, Tony Hart went and asked oh, yeah. your artwork could appear on TV and it was sort of almost magical wasn't it but like oh, yeah they were saying with Katie Keene um there was like a, a you know a substantial number of readers who 
had their designs published and went on to work as fashion designers. <laughs> yeah, it's Amazing. not, it's not yeah. sort of like, you know, that odds to think, oh, you know, oh, I can do this. And, you know, that sort of encouragement for an early age is, is key, isn't it? Oh, it's so key. I mean, it's fantastic. I, I get magazines with my daughter at the moment and, you know, there's all these little competitions and things you can, you know, send in your drawing and you can win da da da. And it's just so exciting because then they, you know, then put it on the, the, the CBBs, like they'll put it on there or what have you. And it's like, it's exciting and it's inspiring. They can see like the potential of what they did from there to there. And it's really, you know, it's fascinating. And like, like, you know, technology's definitely changed so much where children are, or not just children, but grown-ups have their own art channels on YouTube. And, you know, there's all these amazing kind of ways of communicating art and stuff. And it's just, it's it's fascinating. And I know like for me, like, and yourself, like it's interesting having the Tony Hearts and the BBC, um, the Blue Peters and the, the, the presenters that were, doing you know art attack I don't know there's just so many of them and I I literally don't think I'd be who I am if I didn't have or didn't have access to people that were like creating things on tv when I was younger and stuff so it's it's super brilliant it's it's amazing we need definitely need those outlets when I was young as well in, in London, uh, our local library would do arts and craft sessions as well. Oh, nice. And that's, that's another thing, isn't it? Having that sort of communal access to art materials and... Oh, gosh, yeah. Creative. Yeah. You know, you're just taking me back. It's fantastic because I'm going back now and I'm like, oh, gosh, I did... I was a girl guide. So I was also um, a part of, like, Girls Brigade. So, like anyone listening now would would might have known of or heard of them they're a bit like the girl guy like the brownies but they were um you know based in east london the one that i went to and it was just so good because we did camping and we did you know outdoor activities and i was with them for years we do like music um events and all sorts and crafty things and you know like my a lot of my childhood was definitely spent outdoors and and creating and doing stuff and you know it's so easy to actually sometimes forget like how you arrived at where you are and it's so nice to look back and see that you know there's been so many influences so many people involved and so many you know events and things that have taken place and yeah it's 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 absolutely amazing just sort of looking at how art can really sort of influence and sort of I don't know, transform your life in many ways when, when you go down that path, you know. Really feels, obviously talking to you, that, you know, you, you've managed to successfully interweave art and creativity into your life, making it, as you say, a source of income, but also inspiration and also uh, comfort. And similarly along those lines, obviously you've mentioned your daughter and it, it feels like motherhood is another thing that you've sort of interwoven into that i know you you sort of run creative workshops for parents and children which almost feels like what you were talking about your experience as a child sort of coming full circle almost oh yeah you're right i mean it's fantastic like having the experience to be a mum and then be able to sort of pass down this this tradition i guess of of like creativity that is was given to me for like 
basically my mum and her mum and it's a lineage of um, self-doing, I guess, because, you know, I feel like it's quite an ancestral thing in many ways to, to be connected to, to things that you've, that you make, you know, and then share that with your child, you know, and I think my mum, I feel deeply that my mum gave me that gift actually. And, um, even if she didn't know it but I watched her you know I watched her sort of sew and make stuff and though she didn't necessarily teach me I went to the you know education system I certainly saw what she was doing and that she had a wardrobe full of her own designs you know some of them her her own designs and I saw fabrics in boxes and pins and in in little like glass jars and some of those things are like my earliest memories of like wandering around and wondering what that sewing machine was or why those why are those pins in the jar you know like just fascinated by these little objects all over the house and stuff and then you get to realize it's a pin cushion or it's a you know that's a needle from a sewing machine or you know and I think like having that now with my daughter she's literally surrounded by way more than I was surrounded by like when I was when I was my you know I've got so much more materials now and you know whether it's pens canvases digital computer and you know sound bowls crystals there's like so many things that are you know like real um identifiers of my personality that she's picking up and understands it's just so fascinating to see her like have a personality that's shaped by things that you know I'm doing within our home and then like you say running workshops is is another extension of like almost like motherhood in some ways where I where I'm able to sort of mother art in different spaces and share my knowledge and creativity with with other children and things and and adults and and I've been doing that for a long time that I was, when I first set up Wild Sugar in 2008, I literally wanted it to be a sort of service space where I'm giving back creativity into the community. It was really important um, to have that balance. And um, I've been doing a range of workshops ever since, um, from fashion to arts and crafts in the local community park. Um, so yeah, it's been really a pleasure to be able to, to extend my mother nature <laughs> <laughs> my mother energy of art with other people for sure it's been great obviously another way that you've you've shared your art and creativity is through uh, the book that you produced with luminal 11 uh, women's yes. dance which mm. you know you've sort of alluded to some of the sort of inspiration and and ideas earlier talking about uh, your own sort of processes and practice i just wondered what the sort of the genesis of the project was in terms of your decision to to produce a colouring book and also the sort of compositional aspects that, you know, choosing women and patterns and plants in the way that you did? Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, that the whole journey of women, patterns and plants has been super spiritual. Um, I kind of have, at that time, was definitely going on my own sort of self-realization journey of understanding my place in this world in this universe um trying to work out what it is that my imprint would be you know like what it is I wanted to to give and share and what I was going through as a woman 
and you know like getting a deeper understanding of my connection or our connection to nature and I'd or I'd spent a bit of time touring with my band for a few years um, I've been in a band called Native Sun for like nine years with my friend Mohammed Yahya and um, we we went to Mexico and I spent time in like Frida Kahlo's house um, we also with another friend called Boca Floja and they're really like amazing musicians and what was great spending time with them was that Boca would take us around different parts of Mexico to do our tours and I remembered like you know looking at nature and the flowers and um, just the energy of Mexico and just feeling deeply connected to Frida Kahlo at that time and um, just absorbing like the colours and shapes and the smells and textures of Mexico and it was such an impactful journey that I returned again but this time it was you know on my own and it's been a love affair I would say with South America ever since like I've been to Peru and every time I would travel I'd bring back a deeper sort of understanding of myself and that connection once again to nature and it's the same love affair that I'd have with the Caribbean where my parents are from Jamaica and St Lucia and the Caribbean and it was just this sort of patterns and plants and women kept on coming back to me and what happened was I asked myself a question on three things that I'm really passionate about whilst I was going through my own self kind of understanding and it was it was basically women, patterns and plants. And I was like, that's the thing that I could always do and never get bored of like that in my artwork. I could always draw women. I could always draw patterns and I could always draw plants, you know? And um, it's like a lifelong understanding of my the sort of template behind wild sugar and the, the empowering women, the strong woman, the wild woman. Um, one of my favorite books, women who run with wolves, um, it really, it was one of those books that kind of, it catapulted my thoughts on the wild woman a lot more. And I was like, oh gosh, that is exactly what my, my brand is about. It's about this woman, this woman on the journey. And, you know, she's, she's finding herself, she's leaving the city and she's going back to nature and she's finding herself and she's discovering that she's a part of this kind of universal um, blueprint, you know, and that's where the patterns come in. Uh, it's just this kind of like auric field and this connection that we're all webbed together. We're all sort of connected together through this, this, these powerful patterns. Um, and so, yeah. And, and women patterns and plants was really coming from all these different elements of like a journey of myself and a journey of understanding what my business was about which was wild sugar this woman that is sort of finding herself through self-realization um and then you know just just kind of weaving that into a book which is all about the divine feminine energy um and 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 women spending more time in nature to just really connect with the universe and themselves and, and mother nature and source energy that's basically the journey of that wonderful and in terms of, of working with liminal 11 was it a case of of michael darren seeing your artwork and getting in touch or did you pitch the idea to them what was the sort of the, the sort of beginning of that relationship 
Yeah, um, it was so organic, actually. I'd met Mike at the DIY art, art market years ago. We ended up sort of trading next to each other and having a little chat and, you know, and then when you trade next to someone again, it's like serendipity. You're like, oh, hi, we're trading <laughs> next to each other again, like years later. And um, the second time we traded next to each other, I mean, I'd already been in love with Mike's books and stuff already. You know, I'd got, I'd had one of his books and I was just like, oh my gosh, he's one of the first artists that had a book. And I remember thinking, wow, that's so cool having a book and something that I would love to do one day. But I didn't know that I'd be talking to Mike about like how, how it was, how he came about creating a book and how I could go about creating a book because I'd been doing things like vision boarding and been thinking about like giving my work giving my work that frame that new space of sharing it basically not just not just sort of selling prints and stuff but actually like let me share my art that other people can draw and so the coloring book um really came about from just me asking Mike the simple question of how do I go about doing a coloring book and then what was amazing was um Liminal 11 wasn't yet set up and I I was really interested in being a part of the the team and you know being one of the artists um that Liminal would take on and yeah yet again super organic once Liminal had set up you know we kind of built a relationship and started talking a bit more about the vision I had of women patterns and plants women plus women and it was just like so organic we were talking about different things about what we could put in there and what it could how it could be done and the size of it and yeah just the the formalities and stuff we really got into that and um yeah it was really quick it was super quick. I think I started designing it the same year it came. It it was pretty much released. So I started in January, and I just solidly like every single day worked on it. And then it was pretty much done by September or something like that. So it was it was almost like it was meant to be so fast and yet such good quality and so heartfelt from from my heart to to sharing it. It just felt really 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 just set in stone you know yeah it's remarkable for a book to have you know its creative cycle within the same calendar year but as you say it sounds like you were ready to to make that work and then Limon 11 obviously starting up are, are you know ready to release work so as you say it's so sort of organic and natural yeah and straightforward yeah. Isn't it, at that point yeah it it was it, it was like it was like I you know, I'd, I'd already been doing, um, I'd already been really fascinated by law of attraction. Even to that point, I already understood that what you ask for, you can manifest as long as you put the hard work in, you know, you add action to the thoughts, thoughts of things. And I'd, I'd already been quite deeply inspired by the, the magical nature of that. And you know and just asking and just really paying attention to the energies and the things that are around you and what comes to you and what feels right and just moving in that kind of vibe and it felt so right that my intuition was like yeah this feels good like let's let's move in this direction 
and yet it was effortless because of that and so I, I was very aware of that I think that's a really important thing for like when people are wanting to start new things or do certain things is I really do think like there's so much involved in like whether it be serendipity timing intuition just the sort of holistic nature of things there's there's so many things at play but it's just about really like intuitively knowing what you feel and making sure that it feels right to you and obviously being part of that first wave of of liminal publications means you're also part of the first wave of liminal publications being distributed into the states with the new distribution deal through sterling i mean obviously the book was always available globally through liminal 11 but it must be wonderful to sort of know it's going out into bookshops yeah really humbling experience it's just a very interesting thing like putting something out there into your mind and then seeing it manifest it's like really amazing seeing a book in your hand that you imagine before it was in your hands it's like magic you know is is it's really fun and it's fascinating and you think wow this life that we live is so fascinating because you can actually manifest things if you really really put action to it as well and um and and yet again seeing it seeing my book in those spaces was just another confirmation of like the incredible nature of believing in something and make allowing it to flow and do its own thing because really once I had created it it was almost literally out of my hands so people that make it what it becomes and the fact that it's had a kind of connection with people in that way it really is um it's magical super touching for me because it just it just feels like my work has got its own wings you know and it's doing its own thing and I'm watching I'm observing it and it's 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 just it's almost out of body in some ways it's really fascinating and I'm really humbled by it so yeah I love the fact that it's been it's in good hands and um, it's in the good spaces and people are resonating with it it's really really powerful for me to see that. Serena thanks so much for talking to us Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> it's been so therapeutic for me, actually, just having this time. So thank you. Thank you so much, Stephen. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk again in the future. But for now, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. And huge love to Liminal 11 too. So thank you, guys. Thanks again to Serena for talking to us. And thank you for listening. See you next month. This show is a Holdfast Network production. Go to holdfastnetwork.com for other programmes you may enjoy.